Today, we're going to come to uh, the, uh, two parables, two much shorter parables and two far less familiar parables, the ones that uh, Stephen just read to you. Three verses, one of, them, uh, one of them's two verses, one of them's one verse. The parable of the treasure, the hidden treasure, and the parable of the pearl of great price. Some of you have asked already, and what was the highlight of your road trip around Australia? And uh, there, there were many highlights, but I want to, I want to uh, tell you about one of those as a lead-in to uh, the, the, one, these uh, parables that we're looking at this morning. A hi- one of the highlights, a significant highlight for both Michelle and I, was our time spent right on the far northwest of Australia and on the Dampier Peninsula, up above Broome. Magnificent uh, uh, country up there. And uh, it was there, among other experiences, that we stayed at Australia's oldest pearl farm, Signet Bay Pearl Farm. There's a plug for it. <laughs> it's a long way from here, but <laughs> it's a magnificent place. And we saw for ourselves what you're going to see on the screen, I hope, in a moment, the world's finest quality round pearl. There it is. This, is, uh, this measures 22 millimetres. It weighs 156 grams, and it is a pearl like no other. I, uh, I would describe it as the pearl of great price in an Australian context and in a modern-day context. In fact, this, uh, this is on display for all to see, but the pearl farm, has, the uh, Signet Bay Pearl Farm, has been offered millions and millions of dollars for it, but it's not for sale. They say it's not for sale. They will never sell it because it is truly a treasure like no other, this pearl of great price in our own country. And I think there's another photo of it. There it is on its, on its shell. Um, and I think there's another photo perhaps, uh, or maybe, anyway, that, that's all you need. Ah, there we go. Uh, that, there it is on, on its uh, shell. Just uh, 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 Now, I've seen some pearls in my time, but I've never seen a pearl anything like this one. Thank you, Judy. These dual parables of Jesus that we're looking at today refer both to a treasure and to a pearl of great value or price. And they give us a picture of what's involved in finding and following Jesus as a part of his kingdom. Our vision here at Beaumaris Mordialic Baptist Church is to see people finding Jesus and to see people following Jesus. And these parables give us a good glimpse into what that looks like. Finding and following Jesus begins with a discovery like no other. One can only imagine what it must have been like when that priceless pearl that, uh, that we saw and that I just showed you was first found. If I was blown away by it, can you imagine what, how, how must it have been like for the, the pearler who first discovered it? But there's some fascinating things in the parables that Jesus tells us here. Firstly, the, both the treasure and the pearl are not obvious at first. They're both hidden. The treasure is hidden underneath the surface of the ground. And the pearl is hidden underneath the surface of the sea and then hidden again within, uh, uh, within an oyster shell. The treasure of the good news of Jesus and the priceless nature of what is a part of life within God's kingdom may not stand out or be obvious at first, but a closer look will reveal it to be a discovery like no other. But this discovery like no other can take place in a whole lot of different ways. As you look at these parables, you see a contrast. In the, in the first parable, the parable of the treasure in the field, 
It was stumbled across unexpectedly. The, the, the person did not expect to find that, find that treasure, it seems. Now, in ancient times, you need to understand that there were no banks, there were no safes, there, were, there was nothing like what we have today. So any valuables that someone had would typically be buried in the ground. Now, what's likely to have been the case here was that the person who had hidden it had, had died or even forgotten about it, and no one else knew about it, it seems. Now, you might, like me, at first glance when you read this poem, you say, oh, this guy who stumbled across it and uh, said, find his keepers and hid it in the ground again. What a sneaky, what a sneaky, deceiving thief, you might, you might think. However, you need to understand that what's likely to have been the case here was that, the, as I said, the person who had, who had hidden it initially had died or forgotten about it. The field was likely to have been overgrown or neglected. And Jewish law actually allowed the person who discovered things in such case, cases to claim them for themselves. So this man went over and above that by hiding again and then buying the field. He didn't actually have to do that. But he went out and bought the field uh, and, and so he actually wasn't being a sneaky, deceiving thief. <laughs> but then in the parable of Pearl of Great Price, it's quite a contrast. The discovery comes out of a real search and seeking and searching potentially for a long, long time. In verse 45, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Doesn't tell us how long he'd been, they've been looking but, uh, but, but uh, certainly looking for fine pearls is, uh, is, is quite a pursuit and quite a process and a very intentional thing. So one, unintentionally, unexpectedly. The other, very intentionally. And, uh, and, and the real contrast there in the ways in which they discovered this treasure in different forms. The good news of Jesus and of his kingdom of the life and the life to the full that Jesus describes in John. He said, I've come to, that you may have life and life to the full. The good news of Jesus and that life to the full as a part of his kingdom is a life-changing treasure. And it can be stumbled across without necessarily intending to do so as God is at work in, in, in our lives, whether we realise it or not. Some people find that to be the case. They, they, don't, they don't set out to discover the kingdom of God and a relationship with Jesus that changes their life. But unexpectedly or almost, they stumble across it like this, uh, this man as God reveals himself to them. And uh, Isaiah speaks of this in Isaiah chapter 65, uh, verse 1. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, says, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. So people can discover the treasure or the, or the, the pearl of great price of the good news of Jesus and of God's kingdom almost unexpectedly. But equally, we can come to discover it as the fulfilment of a search. The fulfilment of a search for meaning and purpose and hope in life like the pearl of of great price. And in another of the prophets in the Old Testament in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, it's put like this. Uh, God, God says through the prophet Jeremiah uh, in, in verse, uh, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
That's a, that, that's a real seeking after or a searching after uh, God and uh, what, what it means to, uh, to be a part of his kingdom. The reality is God's fingerprints are all around us in this world. And people all around us are searching, searching for what matters most in life. And what is life-changing when, it comes to the pl- when we come to the place of discovering it is what matters most in life. The good news of Jesus and his kingdom of grace, his kingdom of mercy, his kingdom of love, his kingdom of justice. And all that means for our past, for our present and for our future. Have you come to discover Jesus, the treasure of being a part of his kingdom? Have you come to discover that treasure or that pearl of great price? And, and out of that, have you set, set out to follow Jesus? These parables show us that finding and following Jesus involves a discovery like no other, but also a cost like no other. Verse 44 and 46, when the man found it, he hid it again. Then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Verse 46, when the merchant found the pearl of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now, Jesus is not saying, uh, uh, saying that we must literally go out and sell everything we, uh, we have. That, that's, uh, that's to misunderstand uh, what Jesus is saying here. That's not the point in these parables. The point is this. The point is that nothing else in life should compare with the treasure that is found in a relationship with Jesus and life in his kingdom. So on the one hand, we have this, uh, this gift from God, this free gift from God by his grace. It's not something we can earn or buy uh, or, or, um, uh, or, or come to out of our own efforts. Uh, but, uh, so we need to understand that. But we shouldn't let anything else get in the way of or take the place of that which is worth more than anything else in life. Isaiah, prophet Isaiah in, in Isaiah chapter 55 puts it like this. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And then this telling statement. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. In other words, what, uh, what God offers to us as a part of life in his kingdom is, uh, is not a poor substitute. It's not something that, uh, that won't satisfy. Uh, it, it, it's, it's rich, uh, spiritual riches and, uh, and, and something that goes deep within our hearts and is life transforming. So it's something of great worth. But on the other hand, so it, 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 it costs a lot. It costs God uh, so much. In fact, the, uh, the, the, the price was the price of his son Jesus uh, who gave his life to, make, uh, to, to offer us hope and grace. But on the other hand, it's not a cheap grace. Following Jesus will cost us. The Gospels speak about that and Jesus uh, certainly does as, uh, in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This, uh, this as I said, is, is not a cheap grace, but it's worth it. It's not something we should enter into half-heartedly, 
It's not something we should enter into without a, a, a full sense of understanding that, that it's, it's actually going to cost us something. It's actually going to require us to deny ourselves, deny our pride, deny our, our, our self-centeredness that, is, uh, uh, that can be there in all of us. But it calls us to a whole heart. Jesus calls us to a wholehearted following of him because it's a pearl of great price, not a cheap or an imitation pearl when we come to discover. This pearl of great price of the spiritual riches that come as a part of God's kingdom means that everything else in life needs to not be held tightly, like we hold on to really tightly or never let, but needs to be held lightly under God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where Jesus says, in, um, at the end of uh, Matthew chapter 6, in verse uh, 33, he says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But as we hold, as, as we understand this great discovery, as we understand that, 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 that it's something of great worth, but there's a, a, a cost, but in doing so, there's a sense in these parables, not of that cost being a difficult or a dutiful thing, as we find and follow Jesus, but quite the opposite. Instead, there's a joy like no other that comes in the process. The parables that, uh, that, that we've just read to you describe a joy. The, the word joy is used, and that's one of the points of the parable. Uh, it says, when a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. This, 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 uh, this, this joy is a joy that can be ours, the point of the parable, in and through Jesus and his kingdom. Not a joy that comes and goes. Not a joy that is based on our circumstances because sometimes our circumstances can be good but sometimes our circumstances can be not so good. They can be bad, they can be terrible, they can be awful. But nevertheless, this joy goes deeper than that. It's a joy that comes from being in the place that our creator God created us to be at. Living life on his earth and beyond it as a part of God's kingdom chasing after or centering our life around anything or everything else won't bring ultimate joy but finding and following Jesus will John chapter 15 Jesus says in um, in the gospel of John chapter 15 verse 11 he says I have told you this so that what so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete that your joy may be complete is your joy complete today is there a sense of you having that joy that goes deeper than a surface level, regardless of your circumstances, a joy that comes from knowing the creator God in and through Jesus and being a part of his kingdom? There's a beautiful picture that I want to finish with in Isaiah chapter 12. It speaks of the very real difference that takes place in our lives when we come to discover life in God's kingdom. I invite you to take it in as I read it. Isaiah chapter 12 is not a long, uh, not a long chapter. It's uh, just, uh, just a few verses, four or five verses. But uh, Isaiah chapter 12 says this. So just take in the words of this and, uh, and allow your journey today and beyond to be one that discovers life in God's kingdom in all of its fullness. 
and I'd love to encourage you in that over conversation or coffee, over morning tea or at any time. Let me close with Isaiah chapter 12. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of God, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Let's pray. God, our creator, but also our sustainer and our redeemer, what a wonderful thing it is to, uh, to know you as uh, not just our creator, but as our sustainer and as our redeemer. What a wonderful thing it is to discover the good news of Jesus and your kingdom in our lives. Thank you for all that is a part of, of, of that. The meaning and purpose, the joy and hope, the grace and mercy, the justice and, and wholeness and life in your kingdom, the sense of restoration and redemption, and the sense of being at the place that you, our creator, created us to be at. Nothing else in life can compare. And if that's something you know the reality of, I I invite you to give thanks for that afresh today. Be grateful for that, as as the the prophet Isaiah in in chapter 12 that I just read acknowledged. And if that's not the case, it can be. I invite you, if you don't know the reality of that, to consider that in in a very real way to choose life and life to the full in God's kingdom through Jesus. And so, gracious God, thank you for all that you offer to us. Thank you for all that you make possible for us. Help us to discover more of what it means to find you and to follow you, Jesus, in, uh, in our lives and out of that to, uh, to, to be at uh, the place that you created us to be at in relationship with you as part of your kingdom. And we ask this in and through the wonderful, life-changing name of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.